Hey friend, welcome to Living in the Light. This is a space for you to be encouraged and to remember that you matter and that with God, even the messy parts of your story have incredible purpose and meaning. I'm here to bring real life to light. Hey friends, welcome back to the podcast. Okay, so this week I'm going to set us up with a little explanation of what exactly this Rise Collective house is. This season on the podcast, I'm telling the story of how God has been birthing this dream that he put on my heart a few years ago, and I'm inviting you as a listener to join me for the journey as I'm watching this story unfold. But I haven't really given a concise definition of what this Rise Collective house is, and I thought that would be helpful for you as we continue to dive into this story and believe God for immeasurably more. So today's episode will begin with me defining this house, and then I've invited my friend Michaela to the podcast to join the conversation. Michaela has been a part of Rise Collective Women since the first Bible study in March 2020 when our group was called College Girls for Christ. She has done just about every Bible study with us. She has led small groups through the community. She's led worship for us virtually, and it's truly been such a gift to get to know her beautiful and pure heart for the Lord. Now, Michaela graduated from college this spring, and just a few weeks ago, she moved from a small town in Alabama to New York City to pursue a career in musical theater. I feel like I can remember being in her shoes like it just happened yesterday. Michaela and I got to meet for the first time in real life after a whole year of ministry together online. She's living here now. She's been a part of our Rise Collective Bible study here in the city. She's navigating this crazy life, and it's been such a joy to continue to get to know her in person. I asked her to come on the podcast today because her story really paints a picture of the gift of community and the need for immersive discipleship. I pray that this episode helps you to understand my heart behind this house and also encourages you as you hear her story to pray and to seek out ways to surround yourself with people who point you to Jesus Christ. Okay, so to start us off, I'm going to describe the Rise Collective house as it is on this first day of October, 2021. I say that because this definition is in process and it's obviously being birthed as we speak. Though the language and the specifics may change a bit in the coming months, I believe this is the heart of the vision. So first, what is Rise Collective Women? Not just the house, but the ministry. It's a 501c3 nonprofit, Rise Collective Women. The heartbeat of Rise Collective is for women to know and love God through the study of his word and for their rooting in him to ignite a rising into their purpose to go and make disciples through Bible study resources, cultivating communities, and a network of online discipleship, we strive to ignite purposeful, faith-centered lives for women all over the world, united in Christ, rooted in His Word, rising up for the glory of God. Scripture that the Lord has continued to speak over Rise Collective and encourage me with in this vision have been Jeremiah 17, 7 through 8, where it says, but blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in Him, They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. 
It has no worries in a year of drought and it never fails to bear fruit. And then Isaiah 60 verse one, arise, shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. So now the Rise Collective Women House. First, I'm gonna start with what I see as the need. Young Christian women in their early 20s in New York City need to lay a good foundation spiritually, relationally, and professionally for the growth and the flourishing of their lives and career. New York City is a challenging place to live between finances, young career aspirations, and the grit of living in a city with 8.4 million other people. The city is a tough place to thrive in this time in your life. The prohibitive nature of housing costs and networking for some women prevent them from being able to connect to Christian community in a meaningful and holistic way. United in Christ. So what's the solution? The Rise Collective has strategically created a foundation for a formative year-long discipleship training experience designed to help young women transition from college to career with a thorough understanding of faith in Jesus Christ. This strategic discipleship is accomplished by establishing tight-knit relationships and community while equipping these women with tools to flourish spiritually in their lives and in their career long-term. This is the rooting in God's word. And then there's the future, where we're rising up for the glory of God. So what does living in this house practically look like? It's ever evolving. I'm gonna repeat that again, but this is how I can define it right now. The women living in the Rise Collective house will receive theological training, participate in seminars with Christian scholars and community leaders, and will enjoy one-on-one mentoring relationships with mature believers in the church. The women will apply their training as they minister in the community, as they work a full-time job in a professional career, whether it be arts or law or business or medicine or academia, whatever it is. And as we interact with each other, just in daily living, doing life together, I can describe life in the Rise Collective House in some different categories, community, learning, worship, work, and service. So I'm gonna break those down a little bit. Um, Community. The Rise Collective House forms an intentional living collective with spiritually formative rhythms and habits that guide them in developing a model for post-college Christian community. Learning. The women of the house will develop a theological foundation through weekly Bible study, the Rise Collective discipleship curriculum, monthly seminars with guest teachers, and one-on-one mentorship with a mature Christian leader invested in their spiritual growth. Worship. The women are guided in seeking and finding a local church body to get connected and to begin building spiritual relationships in the city. Work. Women work full-time jobs alongside their studies, service projects, and community involvement. Individual facilitation of networking and career development in the church and in their field of interest is also a part of the year program. Service. Through service projects and connecting with nonprofits in New York City, the women will immerse themselves in outreach as it relates to injustice, homelessness, and the needs of the poor and marginalized in the city. So that's the Rise Collective Women House. Uh, I pray that 
it is a sacred space, um, that it's an embassy, a dwelling place for the spirit of God, that people walk in and they just know in the atmosphere that the peace of God is there. I hope that this information was helpful context about what exactly the Rise Collective House is so that you can understand the vision and better follow this story with me. If you just heard that and thought, wow, I'm about to graduate and I'm looking to move to New York City and would love to be a part of a year-long discipleship house collective, there's a Google form in the show description where you can sign up to be updated with more information about applying in the coming months or coming years. If you aren't interested in potentially living in the house, but you know someone who would, or your heart is just overjoyed at the thought of being able to help bring this vision to life, I would love for you to join the Rise Collective House email list. I will send you email updates and opportunities for ways that you can partner with us for the growth of the gospel in New York City. So head to the show description to subscribe to the Rise Collective House email list. Okay, now it's time we hear from the precious Michaela Dane. I know you are going to be blessed by this conversation and I pray it encourages you today. So here's Michaela. Well, Michaela, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to look in your eyeballs today. I'm so happy. Wow. Okay, for all of you listening, Michaela, Dane, and I, we met March of 2020 because Michaela found what is now Rise Collective Women Online. At that point in time, at that point in time, it was College Girls for Christ. And so she's been in Rise Collective from the Genesis, and it's been a big part of her journey over the past year. Um, and I've gotten to see God's faithfulness through her life, and we share a lot of things in common when it comes to the career we're pursuing and I would love for you to start by just sharing some of your journey from the past year. Okay. I joined the Bible study, College Girls for Christ, in March of 2020 in the thick beginning of quarantine. And um, I remember everything is just so divine the way that the Lord worked it out because Mm -hmm. I remember how I found out about the Bible study. It was before um, quarantine happened, before the Bible study was even a thing. I was um, still pursuing my degree in theater at school and I saw this picture of some girl holding a Mean Girls binder and I was like, who's this girl? She's going to be in Mean Girls. (laughs) And then I clicked on your profile and I was like, oh my gosh, she loves Jesus. And I told my mom, I said, she loves Jesus, but like she talks about Jesus like I talk about Jesus on her Instagram. (laughs) Like she is so outspoken about him. And I remember being so excited about that. So of course started following along on your journey. And then I went on spring break and didn't come back from spring break to school. And I was so nervous to join the Bible study and it has now ended up being something that has brought so much fruit into my life. I remember being so scared to join the first Zoom. Mm-hmm. There's there's a lot of girls on there. That takes a lot of bravery, right? Yeah. Just to show Just up. Click a button. Click a button. <laughs> yeah. Show up on a Zoom call. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so even continued through that, 
in quarantine and then got to go back to school in person and still got to do the Bible study and then got to be a leader and then graduated school and still in the Bible study. And so um, it's just been so, so special. Wow. Yes. I I remember seeing your face over and over again because there was a small group of you that had been in it from the beginning. Yeah. And so I started to recognize like, oh, wow, I'm seeing these girls show up like week after week. And um, so you studied musical theater in college and you had your sights set on New York City, kind of. Yeah. Uh, what was that? How has that been a part of your journey this past year? Yeah, I didn't grow up thinking I'm going to move to New York City and I really didn't know a lot about musical theater I didn't start doing it till I was 15 so I was very late to like what I wanted to do and why I wanted to do it and so I didn't know that I wanted to move to New York until my junior year quarantine of my Mm -hmm. junior year um I started thinking why would I not just dream big I am from Alabama and so it's a very big big thing to get on a plane and move to New York City and it's it's kind of a bizarre thing I feel like from where I'm from and so yeah and we share that too yeah I'm from Arkansas yeah a lot of my family went to the same university to just you know pack your bags and buy a one-way ticket to this huge city is it's it's huge it is it is and it comes with a lot of fear and sometimes like induced fear from other people like fear that it's not going to work out or and a lot of what ifs but I remember being in quarantine and just thinking why not dream big and I started thinking through that and talking to friends about it and then I remember the first time that I voiced I'm gonna move to New York um was the summer of last year and I told my professors that that's what I wanted to do and um, I think a few of them were surprised because it wasn't really on my radar. And so I, when I started saying it out loud, it became sort of real. And then when I was about to graduate and I was going to senior ceremonies and things and they would announce, and this is Michaela, she's graduating and she's going to move to New York City. I would get this like feeling in my stomach thinking, oh my gosh, okay, people know now. Like, people know that this is what I want to do. What if it doesn't happen? But I would not have even, I don't think, thought about it as seriously as I did, and now I'm here if it weren't for the Bible study because I didn't know anyone in New York. I knew of a few people. The Bible study as in Rise Collective Women Online. Right, right, right. Mm. And seeing, I remember telling my mom, there are so many girls in this Bible study, so many leaders who love the Lord, who are living in New York, who are from all different places. Yeah. And I was thinking they can do it and I can do it too. And that is what made me believe in myself and believe in what the Lord could do through me. Mm -hmm. Just a small town girl from a really small city in Alabama. And that is really kind of what opened the door to me believing that I could move here was seeing other girls who were like me who lived here and who were making it work and having the best time (laughs) yeah 
I think looking back on the last year, I want to ask the question, why did you take that step to be involved in Rise Collective Women mm-hmm. Online or whatever it was then, College Girls for Christ? Like, yeah. What in you is like, I need this right now. Um, and then how did God work in your life through studying his word in that time? Mm-hmm. And then I love connecting that to now his purpose in that, that you didn't even know at the time that he's been able to use um, in in bringing you to now what, seeing this dream come to life in New York City. Yeah. I think that the first kind of thing that made me want to dive into joining was the excitement that there were other or maybe the the relatability that there were other girls who went to spring break and didn't get to go back to school afterwards. And I grew up going to lots of church events. I grew up being in community with people. Mm -hmm. And then at school, I had a really awesome group of friends that we went to Bible studies together. We went to church together. We talked about the Lord together. And then suddenly I was in my room by myself and... I was with my Bible and I didn't know how to sustain reading the word for that long and actually like being guided through that without meeting with people and community and talking about it. And so I remember being excited that there were other girls who were in the same position as me because I knew that it would make me feel like I was less alone, which I think is what a lot of us were looking for in that time anything that would make us feel connected with other people connected yeah and so especially for those of you who are going from being at college because you're so interconnected yeah in other people's lives and then you're all of a sudden isolated back at home yeah in college you're seeing people constantly like you go to class especially if you're theater you go to class you go to rehearsal and then you usually are hanging out with the people who are in your rehearsal and you know whatever it is like you're you're constantly surrounded by yeah. people. And um, so you made these real life friendships, which I think is such a beautiful thing that we're seeing happen right now is that yeah. a lot of us did connect online virtually and now are getting to be friends in in real life, like yeah. a lot of the women. Um, so I want to go back to just the scary thought of moving to New York City because... That's a lot. And it takes a lot of courage. And I just think there may be someone listening or lots of women listening that maybe do have that on their heart or have dreams that take them somewhere that maybe it's not New York City, but it's a different state and a job that seems like, how will that even work out? Mm -hmm. And I think I've seen you come to life in your move to New York because of community Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's something that I'm really passionate about because it's a huge part of my own testimony that I didn't have community. And whenever the Lord uh, surrounded me, I began to seek out community. I felt resurrected. Like it was like I went from death to life Mm -hmm. in, in college and it really propelled and motivated me to start leading Bible studies and to gather women together around God's word and Um, It's now what has inspired uh, my love for building community here in New York and um, this Rise Collective Women House because I see how I have been spiritually formed by 
being in community with other women. So I would love to talk a little bit about your journey with community because I know that that was a huge part um, of your own growth in college Mm -hmm. and you're so rooted in Jesus and you so want his will to be done. And um, I just see that in you, that you really follow him. You know, I've been reading in the gospels uh, again recently and just to see that Jesus is like drop everything and follow me and I, I really you have this spirit about you that mm-hmm. you really dropped everything and you're following Jesus <laughs> yeah uh, so community what's what was that yeah. like for you in college community for me in college I feel like went through its ups and downs when I started college as a freshman, when I, the day that I moved in, I cried. I did not want to go to school. I, I loved my family. Mm-hmm. I I just, I didn't want to be there. <laughs> and um, I feel like starting, especially in a theater program, you, you're kind of given a group of people to be around, um, which was awesome. But I also knew that I wanted to get plugged into a church and I wanted to find a group of people to have Bible studies with. And so I remember, um, people encouraging me just to seek out people who loved the Lord and just say, Hey, you love the Lord. I love the Lord too. Yeah. And I literally did that at our freshman dinner. I, um, went up to this girl who shared a Bible verse. That's huge. It's Abby. Wow. Y'all who are listening, Abby is a leader in Rise Collective Women online and she's amazing. Shout out to Abby. But that is so cool. Yeah. Yeah. I was sitting there and they asked us to share a mantra that we lived our life by. And I was terrified to share a Bible verse, even though I knew that that's what I lived my life by. And I saw Abby stand up and she said a Bible verse and she went before me and I thought, Oh, I'm I'm gonna do that too now. I'm not scared anymore. So I went up to her afterwards and mm. I just said, I wasn't scared to say that my favorite Bible verse because you did it. And I was like, you love the Lord. Like, where do you are you gonna go try out some churches? And so I think in those moments, the Lord started crafting me to just like take courageous leaps like that. That I was actually scared out of my mind to walk up to someone random and be like hey, I love the Lord, you love the Lord. And so as time went on, I was in campus ministries, a couple couple different ones, and um, the Lord brought me a group of girls who were constantly encouraging me, and also we could, you know, laugh till we cried. And I realized the importance of being surrounded by people who were like-minded, but also not um, keeping that locked away like being surrounded by people who were like-minded but also so going that. out yeah so, so that. that yeah yeah we could go out and be around people who are not believers yet and yeah. you know love them as best we yeah. can and that being overflow yeah yeah now I think it's really beautiful your story in college specifically because we've talked about this recently that you lived in community like literally lived in community, very similar to the vision with this Rise Collective Women House that uh, you lived with five, right? Five other women? Or there were five of you. Yeah, at one point. At one point. That's so many 
like living together in a space and um it's deeply formative mm-hmm. from what you've said yeah. <laughs> that because you are learning how to love your love your brother and sister that you're learning what it looks like to lay down your life for your friend yeah. every single day and I think it's funny and I need to speak this out loud because I have this vision and this dream that God's bringing to life with the house uh, for 12 women to live together and to serve one another and to grow in faith in Jesus Christ and I personally have never lived communally with other women. So it's going to be humbling for me as well. But uh, yeah, just share a little bit about um, why you believe this is so needed um, because of your experience with being formed through Mm -hmm. living with other women in college. Yeah. So it definitely is a, a challenge in the best way possible. You know that growth that's hard growth but when you're in it you know that you're becoming a better like version of who the lord wants you to be yeah like you know that you're getting closer that is what living with other women is like i feel like yeah in the best way possible i lived in two different um kind of groups of women in college um and one of them was a, a house of five different girls and Um, I lived there for about a year, I think. And that was so just overwhelmingly a season of growth. It's one of those things I think that happens in my life where I'm like, okay, Lord, I really feel like you couldn't grow me anymore in this area. And then he does. Mm -hmm. And so living with other girls, because when you're living with other people it's like you don't just get to do whatever you want whenever you want or if you have a bad day it's like other and you go to your home at the end of the day it's like there are other people who are now let in on those parts of your day that aren't so good and you can choose to you know share them or not share them but you're living your life with people who are seeing the good the bad and the ugly Mm. (laughs) and it is so humbling, like you said, because it's very easy for me to put up on the outside that everything's fine. Even if I'm having a bad day, I'm going to work through it and, you know, but it's fine. And then to go home and kind of drop that and be like, actually, this was really hard and this, you know, thing happened today. And it was very humbling for me also to realize that I I have issues too. Like I have parts of my heart and parts of myself that aren't so good. My last semester of college, so crazy, I lived two doors down from a group of my best friends. And the Lord opened the door for me to get to move in with them my last semester of college. So I'd previously lived in a different house with four other girls and um this room opened up in their home and I got to go move in with them and that last semester of college transformed the way that I thought serving people what I thought serving people looked like and what I thought the heart posture of serving people was and I think that I had this preconceived notion that it doesn't matter what my heart posture is as long as I'm doing it. 
as long as I am putting other people before me, why does it matter if it's with good intention or if it's out of obligation? But wow, it's a challenge to check your heart. And I feel like that's what something I've challenged myself to do over the past year to check my heart of like, why am I doing this? Is it selfish intent? Is it, is it out of obligation? Am I checking it off a list? I am a three on the Enneagram. Is it just to make me feel better about myself? Yeah. 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 Am I trying to achieve something? Do I feel like this is going to make me, you know, look a certain way? And, um, when I moved in that last semester of college, the girls, in that house my besties they taught me how to serve other people with an Mm. upright heart and to be honest when I wasn't serving with an upright heart Mm. and it also really taught me to be others centered and others minded because when someone else is having a not so great day out of the outpouring of love and joy that I feel for that person and also that you're sharing in life together. Like, I think there are situations where everyone whose roommates are just like living their own separate lives. But in in a circumstance where the foundation is Jesus, you're sharing in the trials, you're sharing in the triumphs, and you get to be there for it all. And... So when someone else is going through a triumph, if I maybe don't feel like I am in that triumphant place, I get to figure out how to find that joy in my heart for my bestie who just got, you know, right something awesome or just had something awesome happen. Finding a way to genuinely with a pure heart celebrate their wins when you don't feel like you're winning will change your life and it's not something that happens every single time and it's not easy and it's definitely a fight by the spirit yeah yeah our helper like you can't do it by yourself because if we did it by ourselves if the lord wasn't there and like Lord, I do not feel this way right now, but help me to find that. I genuinely want to find that joy for my friend. And he'll give it to you. And so I think that um, that is even a way of serving other people is is by rejoicing with them when you maybe don't feel like rejoicing. I love that you're just leaning into this other-centered it teaches you service and that really is what love is is greater love than no one has no one than this that one lays down one's life for one's friends that we're learning our whole lives how to become more like Jesus and he gave up his whole life like he died on the cross for us and the greatest act of service and love to us um I think it's easy to maybe look at this house and to think, oh, this is like some sorority house of like Jesus loving, spiritually formed women who mm-hmm. have the Bible all figured out. And, you know, I can, I'll never get on that level. Yeah. We kind of talked about that earlier of, you know, how might people perceive what this is or what it might be. And um, 
it's just a perfect setup of how like that just the way of Jesus just turns that upside down that we are all being made and into the image of Jesus and really my vision for this is to um, help women lay that foundation so that they can um, continue to live that out mm-hmm. in their life here in New York City and in their life wherever wherever they go um, because that's our greatest joy, right? Yes. Yeah. Now, our greatest joy is is getting to participate with Jesus yeah. here on earth. So with communal living, with living with these women in college, you talked about hospitality mm-hmm. and just the act of getting to serve other people um, in those mundane moments. Yeah. What did that look like? I think that's something that I wasn't naturally good at, especially because I'm the youngest in my family. I have a twin brother, but I definitely get treated as the youngest. And so I feel like I was served a lot growing up by my siblings and taken care of very well by my siblings. And so I think that that makes me who I am, but it also challenges me to serve other people mm-hmm. because it's something that I have had to think about doing, actively think about doing, where I feel like some people are just naturally just like servant hearted who just do those things. Whereas it's something that I had to kind of learn how to do, if that makes sense. Yeah. And then with that, like I was saying a minute ago, learning how to do it, but not because I feel like I have to. Yeah. Or that I should. I'm just like imagining someone just knowing how to be a servant-hearted person. <laughs> and I, I don't know. I feel like everybody's been taught. Like if someone is good at it, someone's taught them that because yeah. we come out of the womb just like, no, yeah. this is mine. Yeah. Selfish true. little babies. But it's true. I love that. That's it's such a beautiful desire. Yeah. To, to want to... To learn. Yeah. And I think that living with other women who love the Lord made me see how I was talking about my friend Lily, who I feel like is such a servant hearted person. Mm -hmm. And she really just does those day to day things. But realizing and having discussions about what makes each other feel loved and served. Mm-hmm. And so I was talking about the Monday mundane things about dishes. If I know that it's my roommate's um, joy to serve people, but also that's what makes them feel loved, then if I have feel rested, if I'm if I'm, you know, haven't been doing very much and my roommate comes home and they have had a long, long day and I know that it would make my roommate feel loved if there were no dishes in the sink when they got home. Mm -hmm. Even if it doesn't bother me, if I know that makes them feel loved, having that others-centered mind to be able to think ahead of like, I know that this person has a really busy, stressful, long day. What if I made sure the dishes were done and wrote them a note and put it on their bed so that they feel extra loved when they get home today mm-hmm. and that they can 
rest, truly rest when they get here. Yeah. It's those kinds of things that... In community. In community. I didn't learn that. Like, I didn't just wake up one day and say, I think I'll make a batch of cookies for everyone because... Or if I did that in the past before living with these women, it was for me. Yeah. For, like, this, that's just the icky icky part about my heart is that in the past it would be like I'm gonna do this because I know that this would make me look like a godly serving woman if I made these cookies but now it's like I was taught through living with these women that the heart posture behind it is so important yeah and And the joy that comes yes and the joy and checking your heart because doing good deeds for people with a nasty heart posture means nothing Mm. because it's empty Mm -hmm. if you're doing it out of an overflow of joy and love jesus joy and love for that person that means everything and that's why i think it's important too that it's not some big show it's like writing a note and putting it in their room where they'll see yeah. it or something. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. And learning the ways that you can make other people people feel loved. Yeah. Wow, that excites me. It yeah. excites me because I have a lot to to learn in this communal living um, environment. I just know that God is gonna form a lot of um, disciples through this. So Michaela I really believe that I just see your journey and I see how God has worked in your life, like done unimaginable things in the past year to bring you to see this dream come to fruition and you are seeing it like step by step, little by little, you're just seeing his faithfulness in your story. Mm -hmm. And you're just a picture, I think in my mind of this um, heartbeat that God has given me for the woman in her early 20s who has graduated from college and has this big dream to come to New York City and and to pursue a career and just the the courage that takes, but then um, the desire I have for them to see the value in spiritual formation, to see the value in laying, like being rooted in God's word yeah. and wrapping their hearts around Jesus and finding community because it's just so easy to, burn bright and burn out especially in a city like this and we want longevity right like yeah I want you to to dive hard into the dreams that you have because Jesus is going to be glorified as you shine his light wherever mm-hmm. it is that he takes you um and so we've talked a lot about in your journey coming here we were like well you know, I have this dream and I might have a house. Everybody <laughs> listening knows that like, I don't have a house yet, but I'm telling this story organically and um, truly believing that God's going to do it in his timing and in his way and his will will be done. Um, but we have dreamt a lot together of, well, maybe you'll live in this house. Mm-hmm. It just kind of made sense, right? Yeah. That, you know, you've been a Rise Collective from the beginning and um, I've kind of showed you the property we've been and we've prayed over this property <laughs> that right now that I'm excited about. And um, in the past couple of weeks, God has 
just kind of moved in your heart and been speaking to you in some specific ways mm-hmm. um, and guiding you. His spirit has been guiding you. And um, back to your heart posture, I just am so inspired and encouraged by how you're walking with the Lord in this. And so I think I would just love for you to share um, just what that's been like yeah. for you and how, you know, this season is um, about immeasurably more that I keep going back to Ephesians 3, that God is able to do immeasurably more than we all ask or imagine. And that, I don't know, that, um, in believing that for your own story, what that's looked like. Yeah, I think that immeasurably more sometimes makes us think that it's going to be exactly what we think even though it says immeasurably more we're so small-minded like we can't even comprehend the plans that the lord could potentially have for us and so i think that it's very easy to for me to see this house and be like that's immeasurably more like that i would get to live there and be poured into and pour out to and live in a place that's safe to love the Lord and grow um, and be in Bible study and discipleship and all of these things in my mind whenever you first told me about this I was like Lord like that's immeasurably more and it is Hmm. but I told you, just when I think he can't grow me any further, he does, or he switches things up. And I'm like, okay, I see that that's immeasurably more, but I also see that maybe you're like guiding me into a different place. And I think that something I've learned is to not fight that. Because I think we could fight when we feel that the Lord is guiding us in a different direction. We could fight and try and, you know, force our way into something that maybe isn't for us. And maybe that happens. Maybe the thing that isn't for you, you go do it and it's not, you know, it's not what you thought or it's not, you know, a part of your plan. But I kind of learned, I think, through college and through this past summer was really hard. Dreaming of coming here and working a customer service job was like a big stretch. Um, and when you told me about this house, I was working the 10 hour customer service shifts and I needed that hope. Yeah. Like, wow. When you told me at that exact time, I needed that and I needed to have something like that to look forward to. Even though I think the Lord's guiding me in a different direction, I see that even if sometimes a thought or a seed gets planted, it was for me in that moment to be able to help dream, Mm -hmm. to be able to help have vision. Have vision, ideas, things like that. To, I feel like that was a gift to mm. be able to think about that while I was in a mundane schedule and I was yeah, really kind of going through a hard summer season. Um, I think that 
maybe the Lord, that was its purpose for me. Yeah. Wow. And and to see just like your open hands, I think that's what I think about Mm -hmm. um, as you're talking is to trust God for immeasurably more in our stories. Yeah. That immeasurably more for the next person and for that sister and for you know it it looks different for all of us and what we think something that I keep repeating to myself in this season is my discernment is so limited and God knows he knows where he's taking us and it's easy for us to connect the dots and to think, oh, well, he dropped this thing and then this thing and then this thing and it's all gonna like come together in this beautiful way yep. and I'm gonna tie this bow on the package and I've experienced that in this journey with this house of, I told the story in the last episode of Grove Street that I thought I knew exactly what the house was and I had the timing and was praying in faith for that to happen, you know? And yeah. so it's, what does praying god your will be done i want what you want um for my life and to look at it and to say like what perspective that you can look back and think oh that gave me so much faith yeah that gave me so much hope that brought me to where i am now so that i can walk in what you have for me that's beautiful yeah it is and something that it's very fresh like this week the guiding in a different direction. And I think that, you know, how whenever the Lord starts guiding you in a different direction, you can kind of like get hints of that, but you're like, no, no, like, you know, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. And then the more you start kind of like pushing back or seeing ways that maybe this isn't like necessarily a part of your story, but you want to believe that it is. And so you keep trying to hold on to it. Yeah. And then it was um, literally this week that I just started feeling anxious about what my next step is. And that is a train that I hop off of as soon as possible because I do not want to be on the anxious train. I've done it, do it, can't like it's. It's something that I try to hop off of as soon as possible. That's a word. And so <laughs> I um, yesterday just prayed out loud um, that the anxiousness would cease and that the Lord's will would be done and that um, something we talked about earlier, that the people pleasing, that the the fear of disappointing someone, the fear of going a different way than you thought or plans changing can be really hard for me when plans Mm -hmm. change. I I struggle with that. Um, And so I prayed just over that and immediately felt peace. And I know, I know when people say that sometimes, yes, it's hard to believe. It's like, oh, you just felt peace, but it's so true in those moments. Like when we cry out to God, of like Lord I'm feeling anxious I pray that like your your peace would just cover me right now and you feel that like wash it's like a wave and when that happened I thought I sat down and I was like maybe I need to get out of the way like maybe the Lord is making room for others because Mm -hmm. like you said like I've been able to be a part of this community for yeah. over a year and that's so special and now 
like we were talking about before, I've met these women in person and I'm doing life with them. And I just started thinking about the me of in March of 2020 who knew no one who was fearful and thinking, what if that was my senior year? What if I had this dream March of 2020 mm. and I was still felt that way, but I knew that it was time for me to come here. Like what if on the front end, I didn't get all of the growth and learning and relationships and community. Like the fact that I moved here and already had community mm-hmm. is so the Lord. And like, I'm, that's my story. Yeah. But that's not like you were saying, everybody's that's not everybody's story. story. And in the experience you got in college yes. with being formed in community, you've almost had that experience. Like, yeah. God has used that in your life and you see the fruit of it. And so the fact that he was able to give you empathy and sacrificial love, like that Mm -hmm. sacrificial love to see like, I see this beautiful thing and I want to be a part of it, God. And you are in so many ways. Mm -hmm. Like there's so many ways that through prayer, through just being invested in this community that you're already a part of it. Like Mm -hmm. we're sisters in Christ. Like we're all part of the same team doing the same thing. But just the way that that's a laying down of your own desires to Mm -hmm. say, I see and I feel for that girl who hasn't had this experience, who hasn't been able to see the the beauty that is being in community and to be rooted in Jesus um, and to trust God with that. Yeah, yeah. And with that, I think comes with when you aren't sure of who you are in Jesus, moving to a place like this Mm. oh my gosh i mean everyone's telling you the billboards Times square everyone's telling you what you need to do to make yourself this way or to look better Better, or cooler cooler what you need to buy all the things who you need to be what you need to do to change about yourself Mm. and that in and of itself when you are walking with the Lord is already a challenge but to be able to go home at the end of the day and be reminded reminded like even if it's by a like painting on the wall or something on the wall that has a verse or a scripture worship music worship music like something like God's to be able to walk in and be surrounded yes and I feel like that is what, in in college, that is what I got. I mean, especially in the theater world, we're constantly told what we need to do to get better, what we need to, our weaknesses, the things we need to, yeah. to take care of. Strive more. Yeah. You're not enough. What kind of roles we might not be able to play or whatever. People telling us who we are <laughs> all day. And, and who we're not. Yeah, and who we're not. And then in college to get to walk in to my house on those days and sit down with whoever was there at the time and be like, this is how I'm feeling. And for them to like pull the Bible off the coffee table or just like speak a word to me that and reminding me who I am and then praying over me, even if I still felt that way afterwards to be reminded, oh, right, right. Like, that's not who I am. I'm not all those things that everyone is saying that I am or have to be or need to look like. And that's like. forming you. Yeah. Yeah. 
because it, it's tr- it's like it's training, training your, your brain yeah it's becoming muscle memory yeah to know yeah and I think that something that I'm hearing from you in this whole conversation too is like this me too of yeah. community of even from the beginning of like you seeing me on social media and seeing like oh someone who like loves Jesus and isn't afraid to say that and yeah. then you seeing Abby and it's just those small acts of obedience of we need each other like we really need other people in our life who can just say I'm in this too like I'm following Jesus with all my heart soul mind and strength and if we don't have those people it, it's just so it's so easy to spiral yeah away from from what we know is true yeah and your identity yeah and who you are and what we are putting our identity into yeah and what a formative time in our life right like I think I think about that with this with these women as well as we need now now to establish the our identity in Christ because we have a whole lot of life ahead of us yeah and in our early 20s in our mid-20s like this is the time in our life where if we've really learned to abide in Jesus and meditate on the truth of God's word, like just think about how many years of following Jesus we have ahead of us. I don't know. It just excites me. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And it, how many years of that getting to the point where you think you can't grow anymore? And oh my gosh. Doing it. Yes. Yeah. We definitely don't have it figured out. Yeah. Oh. Oh, Michaela, this has been so encouraging. And I'm just so excited that you're here in the city. And mm-hmm. I'm thankful for just your pure heart and your love for Jesus and um, your heart for discipleship. And I'm excited to see how he unfolds your dreams in both your career, but then also your dreams as his child here in the city and how he's going to use you to bring other people to know and love him. Well, Michaela, would you close us in prayer? Yeah, I'd love to. Mm. Lord, thank you so much for this beautiful day. Thank you that we get the opportunity to share our stories. And God, I just pray in this moment that none of the praise or honor or glory would go to mm. me or to Lorley God, but that it would all go to you, Jesus. I pray um, that your name would be known and not ours through this, God, and through um, through my story and through Lorley's story. And um, God, just thank you for community. Thank you that you grow us even when we don't think you can grow us anymore. And I pray for each and every person listening to this right now, God. I pray a special blessing over their day, whatever they're doing, um, wherever they're headed next, Lord. I pray that they would just feel a sweet hug from Jesus today and that they would know that you're real, God, and that you love them and that you are listening to them. Mm. God, would you just open the door for conversation and community, God? Um, We just pray that you would continue to do big and great things, God, in New York City um, with your name being known. Would you help us to just be courageous, to go up to people, 
and say, you love Jesus, I love Jesus too. Let's talk about it. And God, I just pray that most of all, we would love others the way that you love us. Lord, we would break all boundaries to love others. Lord, continue to just be a shining, shining light through all of us. It's in your name that I pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening, friend. Earlier in the episode, I mentioned the Google Form sign up, but I'm going to mention it again, that if you hear this and you have any inch of interest in the Rise Collective House, I want to encourage you to sign up on the interest form. This isn't something I'm trying to sell. It's not a commitment that you have to make. It's just merely an invitation to receive more information about this thing that God's doing in this wonderful city. If you want to stay up to date with the Rise Collective House, you can sign up on the email list in the show description. If you just want to get email updates from me each week about the podcast and not necessarily the house, you can also subscribe to my podcast email list and I'll drop you an email each week with information about the new episode and notes from the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for being a part of this story with me. I'm sure you can hear the excitement in my voice, but this really brings me a lot of joy to get to share with you and to talk about. It's an honor to share of God's faithfulness and to encourage you in your own journey with Jesus. I'm gonna close us in prayer. Dear God, thank you. Lord, we praise you, we worship you, we bless you, we love you. We thank you for the love that we have in Jesus Christ, God, that we get to just talk to you right now wherever the listener is god i pray that um they come before you and just cry out to you the needs that they have today and that you would just fill them with the peace of god that surpasses all understanding we believe you god we believe you for immeasurably more in my story in this story in the listener's story we believe that you're for us that you're cheering us on, God, that you have good things in store for us. And we desire, Lord, for your will to be done. So God, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. As always, go in light and in love. And I'll talk to you next week.